0: Our current top story at cjob.com and globalnews.ca reads with the headline, Liberal MP Han Dong secretly advised Chinese diplomat in 2021 to delay freeing two Michaels. So we had much to discuss on that this morning, what it means for Canada and why you should care. We also discussed allergy season. It is set to be shorter this year, but it's still going to be bad and While we were talking about it, we actually learned something really fascinating about the difference between male and female trees as it pertains to allergies. And Greg got himself into a little bit of trouble last week thanks to an awkward people surprise. So we asked you about your awkward people surprises. I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. This is the Thursday, March 23rd podcast for the start. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Thank you very much for joining us this Thursday morning on The Start. And we start, I suppose, Greg, you pointed it out. We bumped into each other at the same time on the way up. We've got this little uh, new couple of screens in the elevators with a uh, crawl of news stories from global news. And one of them was had to do with allergies. And you pointed to the headline about allergy season going to be short but bad. I always
1: and, feel bad. Bad for you and Loren, because I don't suffer with allergies, but you two do. And I just, I my heart breaks for you because I see <laughs> you guys dealing with this stuff. So so what what, what have you learned? I mean, the headline it appeals to me because of my affection for the two of you. Mm. The details we'll be sharing this morning.
0: Yeah, we'll have more on this at 8.35, but the, the gist of it is that because the season... Is just going to start later this year because spring is kind of taking its time, so it won't get the earlier start. Um, But it should still be bad again this season because last year, Loren, I felt like my allergies were bad for almost the whole year.
2: Yeah, it was like a spring to December sort of thing. And I had a friend just last week. I was over at her house, and I said she was just sniffly 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 and I said what's going on is that a cold or allergies and she says I don't know anymore because it's just been weeks of this and she did covid testing and gone to the doctor and and I think I said I think it's just going to be because allergies and the melt had started right on and off and so mm-hmm. you wondered about that they say the prairies usually have a later start to allergy season so it might be more normal here than other provinces where the, is the birch tree what I read this morning problematic more in Ontario and BC, I think. And so it might be the kinds of trees. But you shared something interesting this morning about the sex of trees or the gender of trees or whatever you call it. I yes. didn't even
1: realize that was a thing. <laughs> I guess I should have known that. Paid more attention in biology class.
0: Yeah, there are female trees and male trees. And what the, one of the problems here is that city planners, I guess, often prefer to plant male trees instead of female trees, because it's less to clean up. Because female trees don't produce pollen. So the male trees produce pollen, but the female trees don't, but they create more of a mess from fruits and flowers. So the male trees will produce the pollen, but not the seeds, the pods, and the fruit, which then fall to the ground. So... We had an interesting takeaway from that.
2: I don't even want to repeat it. I, I was like, once again, we've got a gender war going on here with trees, and the women are being maligned for our messiness, but we're not spreading illness and chaos everywhere. And the men, sure, you're clean, your trees are clean, but you're making us all feel sick to our stomach and stuffed right up and angry. So it just seems like like a... Like a Great example of some people's lives and their opinions of things. That's all. Made me laugh.
1: So to control the and we just maybe just need to wrap the male trees in saran wrap or something similar?
2: (laughs) I I don't know. Like you're still... Yeah, I had a lot of thoughts about this. I was annoyed to hear that.
1: Yeah, it's
0: funny, but you can read more on this at CGLB.com. I just
2: genuinely want to say 5 a.m. Loren is not Radio Loren, so therefore I can't repeat what I said.
0: (laughs) Read more at globalnews.ca, and we'll get into more into this at 8.35, including uh, some troubling news for those who uh, endure asthma. So that's coming up at 8.35. Also, today we are is it spring? I guess spring break is around the corner, yeah?
2: Well, it depends on what school Division you're in. My kids, when the bell goes at three fifteen today, they are going to be coming out hot and excited because oh, yeah. the spring they have a, a day tomorrow for report cards and and parent teacher interviews. So the teachers aren't off; they don't they're not off until next week. But the kids are off as of today. Whereas mm. you have two kids that yep. are one and one, one off today, one off tomorrow,
1: one off tomorrow, and then uh, the other has a pretty big day at school tomorrow. In fact, so yeah, it's nothing like getting that bonus day on the spring break. So I don't know what kind of plans uh, everybody has. I, I know lots of people are getting on airplanes tomorrow and and uh, through the weekend to go to warmer climes to get their dose of sunshine and sand and maybe a margarita or two somewhere. So if you're traveling, safe travels, uh, all I can say is I'm very, very jealous. Mm. Well, go ahead, Lauren. Oh, sorry.
2: sorry. One of my kids came home and one of his buddies is off on a plane today and I instantly thought, oh. Wish we were doing that. And then I was calling around yesterday to the different ski hills because I thought we'd take the kids one day and some were open, some were not and it's just been a kind of a one of those seasons where you'd like to think it's been a good one snow Not open
1: because they don't have enough snow.
2: Well, I couldn't get a hold of anyone. I, uh, I I I hope this information's correct, but I called Falcon Lake, Sunday's their last day. Oh, really? I called Assisippi and Holiday Mountain, so Assisippi's in Russell, Holiday Mountains in La Rivière. They're still going next week, but it might not be every day. Uh, and But Russell told me they still have tons of snow. Good. And then I called Minidosa and Sunday's their last day, in part because they have staff that are taking the, oh, the time. Okay. It's been a hard, it's a hard, when you're running sure. a winter business, yep. you want to get to spring break and keep going for the sake of the economy. But some years there's no snow. So and it's some hard. People,
1: sometimes there's no people.
2: Sometimes, sometimes there's no people. So it's a tough one.
1: All right, so we'll have more on
0: spring break as well. At 7.05, the Manitoba Museum is going to join us to tell us what's on tap with their spring break programming. And today, one of the big things we have to discuss as well is what is this news about Handong?
2: It's the top story on our website right now for, for two reasons. So Liberal MP Handong secretly advised Chinese diplomats in 2021 to delay the freeing of the two Michaels. That comes from sources from one of our, of our investigative reporters who we're hoping will join us later this morning to explain what he's learned from two high-profile security sources. But then after this allegation was made on globalnews.ca, Handong then essentially quit the Liberal Party, stepped away and is going to sit as an independent. I'm guessing because it was like, okay, now you got to go because it's making liberals and Trudeau look bad, but it looks bad all the way around. Again, nothing proven in a court of law, but serious allegations. It looks
1: terrible. And if these allegations are true, disgusting is right at the top of my uh, list of words to describe it. And I don't know, how does somebody accused of something like this get the dignity to walk away? Why wasn't he kicked out? Immediately, pending the results of this, in, uh, whatever investigation may follow, I, the, the, this is this is a dirty side of politics, and I, I hate it.
0: But today marks the first full day of Ramadan, the month when Muslims fast from dawn to dusk.
2: Manitoba is home to more than 20,000 who identify as Muslim, and our next guest has put together a great thread on Twitter for anyone looking to learn more. It starts like this. Here's a few tips if you work, live, or around Muslims to help them through the month. The first three to five days is the hardest. Be kind and gentle in expectations of tasks. I've been fasting for over 30 years, he writes, and it takes time for the body to adjust. Second tip, after the first five days, the body is adjusted and energy levels return to normal. Productivity Returns. There are seven more tips in that thread written by Omar Kinnarath. We say good morning. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I- I'm fascinated by this thread because I thought it was super helpful for people who want to be engaged. And if I read that right today, I mean, it started at sundown last night, but today into the weekend, that'll be your ho- hardest days, Omar? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know,
3: it's generally the hardest days for everybody who uh, who does participate in the fast um i've been doing it for 30 years um you know since i was about 12 13 years old and getting over the hump of the first uh, three to five days um usually takes you to a place where you know you return to normal and normal body functions and wake up times and, and energy levels and stuff so it's very, just be aware if you're around uh, muslim folks at work or uh, or if you live with them or whatnot, that, uh, you know, it's going to be tough in the next couple of days. <laughs>
1: so, so, Omar, help us with this. So, what does the fast look like in terms of timing, what you can have and what you can't have and when? What's it about? What's the purpose?
3: Um, well, Ramadan was prescribed uh, for all Muslims uh, to fast um, over, over the month of Ramadan uh, in, in the Islamic lunar calendar. Um, for us, it's a time of self-reflection um, and and basically to purify both our bodies and our souls, right? Um, so that consists of um, waking up uh, early in the morning to um, to have kind of like a, a morning meal called suhoor. So you wake up before dawn, um, then you go ahead and then you go ahead and you know do your morning prayers, and from there then you stop uh you stop eating eating and drinking water um, for until sunset, so basically the day consists of you know it's it's basically normal like like uh every every day you go to work you, you deal with your families, you go to school or whatnot um, but without uh drinking water um, or, or eating when sunset hits, um, then you go ahead and usually open 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 your meal with three dates. Drink, obviously, a lot of water because mm-hmm. you're going to be thirsty. Um, and then you have a meal. And then after that, uh, usually if you're able, then you go to the to the mosque for night prayers called Traway. Um, you do your prayers and, it, you know, hopefully you get some sleep and then you wake up and you do it all over again. Do
0: you ever wish that Ramadan was in, say, December or January <laughs> with the shorter days?
3: Um, you know, it, it, because it's a lunar calendar, um, at certain uh, in certain years it is. So it'll probably be in January and December in about five years. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, it's a lot easier because, you know, like you're, you're coming home at 4.30 and you can get to eat. But so it's just uh, the, the way it is. But now the reverse of that is in June and July where, yeah. you know, you're, 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 you're fasting all day and you're not eating until about 9.30, 10, right? So there's, because of where we're situated in the world, it's it's variable whereas places like in Saudi Arabia or places closer to the equator um, you know they have a 12 and 12 cycle like 12 12-hour um, sun sun and 12-hour night, right? So mm. that's just the way that's just the way it is over here.
2: But even in those parts of the world, you know, I lived in Israel uh, back in 2009-10, Omar, and there was uh, someone whose job it was to set the cannon off at sunset, so the sound would, you know, reverberate across Jerusalem, and then and Muslims would then know when to eat, and he would come running in to, I, we did a story with him, come running in to, like, light the cannon and have right in his hands his first thing that he wanted to eat, because it still was a long day so do you set an like do you set an alarm when you know sunset seven forty six p.m tonight boom i can have my my sack snack or dates
3: yeah absolutely uh i mean it's you know especially in the first couple days like you're that that's what you look forward to is it's mostly a, after after a few days like you're gonna realize how much little how little food that you actually need to survive and the, i think for me and, and most muslims they'll they'll tell you it's it's water that you crave. It's, it's never food.
1: Omar, you put together this great thread. I'm, I'm reading through it. Uh, I was looking at it yesterday. What is it that you'd like everyone to to hear this morning in, in summary, essentially?
3: In summary is, 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 is uh, I want folks to know that, you know, uh, your, your Muslim friends, coworkers or whatnot, they, they, they really look forward to this month. Uh, which is, you know, for people who, who don't participate, it, it might be weird to say that you look forward to not eating, <laughs> eating or drinking water for 30 days. But it, it's really something that we look forward to. Uh, and any support is, is uh, you know, is definitely appreciated. Whether it comes to making accommodations for work so uh, folks can, uh, can have a lighter schedule over the first few days. Um, or allowing them to uh, make their prayers. Um, or, or just realize, you know, that that folks may be irritable, um, and it's it's something this month. And this month is something we want to share with other folks as well. So, you know, you're you know, you're gonna get invitations to come break fast or whatnot, or to, or to learn about it and try to make an effort to to learn about it, and because you know, one one billion people on this planet are doing the exact same thing right now.
0: And it, but it's something that can benefit us all, right? With the sentiments of empathy, like it's a good reminder about empathy and patience.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially for you know folks like myself who, who grew up uh, in the West and in uh, non-Muslim majority countries. Um, I think we're more accustomed where we're, you know where where people aren't aren't involved in this, and we're around people eating at lunch and stuff like that. So. For us, it's like something that we've learned to deal with. Um, but yeah, any, any empathy and any, any e- kindness, you know, with, for, for your Muslim coworkers and friends would be really good right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, this is something I wouldn't say Ramadan is like a celebration or anything. The celebration comes at the end, but it's, it's something that we all definitely look forward to uh, doing and, and sharing with folks.
0: Omar Kinrath, joining us live on 680 CJOB to begin Ramadan. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for the insight, and thank you for the the thread that you posted on Twitter. It's really helpful and informative. So
3: thank you, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. Ramadan cream, everyone.
0: It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We have tickets to give away for the Winnipeg Jets, March 31st, with the Detroit Red Wings in town, and we have... Uh, subjects. It's kind of a remix of something we did a few weeks back. We talked recently about happy people's surprises, but today we want to talk about awkward people's surprises.
1: Mr. Mackling, tee us up. So the other night, uh, Jackie, uh, the boys and I decided to go out to uh, one of our favorite restaurants in Birds Hill Jonesy's. Uh, shout out to the folks at Jonesy's love the food there. Great service. And, uh, It just happened to be Jackie's dad's birthday. So Jackie had text messaged mom and dad to find out what they were doing for supper. Mom said, no, we're not doing anything, nothing special. So that's fine. So we decided that we would follow through on our plans, go out for dinner. We're not in our booth at the window any more than five minutes and who should walk in the door, but mom and dad. Little awkward. You're going out for a dinner <laughs> on your on your dad's birthday, and it's like, mm, do you guys want to sit with us? What do you want to do here? It was sort of the worst case scenario. We should have probably just said, do you guys want to join us for dinner, as opposed to asking the backdoor question, what plans do you have yeah. tonight? So we kind of got we got caught. Did they end up sitting with you?
2: No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they did not.
1: It uh, the busy place, so to go from a table of four to table of six wasn't really a practicality. It'd so, be the uh, best
2: if they were just right next to you, though, right? Just at that and table. And they were. Like- they
1: were right behind <laughs> us. Were they mad? I don't think so, but I, with 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 mom, you never know if she's mad or not.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So 6868 Your awkward people surprises. How did you deal with it? Who was it for? A chance to win those jets tickets, Jeff Braun. Why don't we start with you, sir?
4: Uh, I walk around in my daily life outside of my house with my head on a swivel, scanning constantly for people I don't want to run into. And uh, one of the little silver linings the last few years was uh, wearing that mask at the grocery store and not having to talk to the people in your neighborhood that you see that you don't want to talk to. So uh, that's something I've. I, go through i will take the long way around not only the grocery store but the mall or anywhere i am or we gotta sprint to the car now because i saw a guy i know in the parking lot and i don't want to talk to him and things like i'm always just on the move (laughs) making sure i don't have to run into the people i don't want to (laughs) see
2: i i uh so growing up in a small town i'm i'm like that sometimes when i go back not because i don't want to talk to people but sometimes you forget who you're talking to and they might, might, might remember my dad or my mom oh, or my siblings, but you're just standing there in the produce aisle or just trying to get some hot dog buns and you're, you're like going through that Rolodex, like, brrr, like who is this? Who is this? That's sometimes just why it it's feels like, who awkward. Was that? It
4: was either a guy my dad used to work with or my mom's cousin. Right. I can't remember which exactly.
0: one. Uh, yeah. I w- I remember I went to a few years ago, I went to the Grove with a friend and uh, the Grove was at uh, Grosvenor and Stafford and We bumped into a couple of people we used to work with here at the radio station. They were currently, at that point, colleagues, but I didn't go there to hang out with my friends from work. I went out there to to hang out with this other friend, and we stopped and said hello. And then there was this awkward moment where I didn't know, do we join them at this booth, or do we just go sit somewhere else will it, will it, we be snobs if we proceed on our own but will we be invading their their space if we join them so i made the call to sit down and and then i could tell i could instantly tell i made the wrong call because <laughs> once you sit down you're committed and then I ruined, yeah. so I ruined the night for my friend who didn't know anybody. Sure, at the table, and I ruined their night. And I, I, I don't know, I didn't, but I had no idea what to do.
5: Made That's why I don't to talk sit. to you
1: in the grocery store, Brad. <laughs> because <laughs> once you sit down, there's no getting up. Yeah,
5: mm-hmm. you're like, finished.
1: Like if you think that that decision of whether or not we should sit at a separate table at the beginning is a difficult one, now that you're sitting down, you they might you'll well have your feet screwed to the floor.
5: And you have to constantly think like if you are at a restaurant or whatever or like at a grocery store and you run into somebody, then it's like if you get out of the initial conversation or whatever it was or however long, hey, hey then it's always in the back of your mind. What if I run into this guy again down the next aisle? What Do I have to have a go through this whole entire rigmarole again? If they're sitting at a table on the other side, when I'm going to the, I've avoided going to the bathroom when I've had to go to the bathroom because I would have to pass somebody who was sitting there's table and I would have to go through a whole nother, like, well, do I just nod at them or do I say hi again or uh, do I just continue? <laughs> yeah. Or do I just continue to walk by? Like I, I, this is, I'm, I can't, like I just, I don't have it in my, in my genetics to be able to like be comfortable in, the, in these sort of things. Like I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like it just, it's
1: all I, these I, Gregorious I, people and the social awkwardness baffles me continuously. It's hilarious. Oh, I love. I love these quirks. No, it's great. It's yeah. great on this side of it. Yeah. Well, and Bron, that
4: that's one thing that bugs you too. About, about even at work, right? Like having to say hi to your colleagues seven yeah. times a day. I don't. Uh, I'll gladly say hi to you first time I see you in the morning. But then, you know, four hours later when we pass in the hallway saying hi again, I's just like, well, we've already well, done that.
5: Well, and- Bron and I, I mean, let's make a <laughs> pact right now because when I get out of the new out of the booth to do sports, me and him always pass because he goes in right after me. Yep. And I'm always like, we always got to go like, yep, or. Oop, or we just, like, make noises at each other
4: because, like, no idea, like, what to say. So, I don't know. I'm, do you want to keep doing that, Bron? What do you think? I, I enjoy the task of having to come up with a random sound to acknowledge yeah, okay, our so presence I. with I each other.
5: I don't mind it either, so we'll keep it
4: going. <laughs> I like the random noises, too. Even
0: Even as an initial greeting for the day. Dave from Power was walking by a couple of days ago. <laughs> He's good for that. And he, he said, Hi. And I just went,
4: Meh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually stopped and turned back and said, Did you just greet me with a noise? I'm like, Yep. yep that's how I feel this morning. How <laughs> about you, Loren?
2: This is, I think I might have told this story before. It's more of, you know, if you've ever traveled and you run into someone you know and you, it's like weird and exciting and, or baffling. And this was more of a, just a surprise not the encounter, but the ending. So we had gone to cover the Royal wedding of Charles and Camilla. Meh. Nah, speaking of noises and, um,
5: it sounds like a thrilling, yeah, well, what an
2: affair. Uh, sorry, wrong choice of words, but what a, what a, what a, what a wedding. Perfect. Um, so, uh, my friends come over to visit and my sister is with them and a girlfriend. And we decided to go to Spain and we're on the train. I think it was Madrid to Barcelona or vice versa. And you go to the bar car, you know, looking to have some fun and we're young and we're meeting people and whatever. And instead so we're talking to this group of people and this one, they're Canadian. And so we're chatting away. And my girlfriend is single. She's like, Oh, he's nice. Maybe we should see if they'll go for supper with them when we get to wherever we're going. And they're chatting away, chatting away and they're you know, flirting. And then they discovered that he's from Saskatoon. And then, you know, she was from Saskatoon and they keep going. And by the end of it, all of a sudden she goes, wait a minute, what's your last name again? Oh. And then he says it, and she goes, Finishes, finishes her drink and goes, I was your babysitter. And then gets up and goes oh, to bed. And gets, no! She just realized in that moment, like there was the line and she's like, I can't cross that line. Like, good night, everybody. I
1: guaranteed he wanted to cross that line.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> 204-780-6868. Awkward people surprises. How do you deal with them? Do you have an example of one that you had to suffer through? Tell us a story for a chance to win. Tickets to see the Jets on March 31st against the Red Wings. Right now, we want to talk about spring break. It's right around the corner for thousands of Manitoba students.
2: So it depends on the school division that you might be in or your kid might be in. But for some, my kids, the break starts today right around 3.30. For others, they still have one more day of school. But either way, everyone has next week off. And if you're still looking for ways to fill your days, our next guest has a few ideas. We say good morning to Brandy Haberg, Manager of Marketing and Communications at the Manitoba Museum. Good morning. And good morning. How are you this morning? I'm great, thank you. And before we get into next week and what might be on tap, just curious what you've seen over the past year as we get out of COVID with attendance and, and whether or not you're sort of seeing a return to normal with people coming back.
6: Absolutely. We have had a great year. Uh, We're just so excited to see the community coming back to the museum. People are just really happy to have a place and come and belong and learn and explore. So we've been having a wonderful year. We're really happy to see the community back.
1: Brandy, whenever I have people come from out of town, come to Winnipeg, and obviously it's been a while uh, since we've been welcoming folks, but uh, the Manitoba Museum was always a must but i just can't get over the number and amount of changes at that incredible museum over the years can you know i'm in my early 50s so i've been going to that museum for 48 49 years <laughs> and so I remember it a certain way and then to come and see it you know 3 4 years ago in in its uh, this new uh, amazing form can you just give us an idea of some of the ways the museum has changed for for old timers like me
6: for old timers like you, well, we love that you have been coming for so long. We appreciate that, but for people who haven 't been in a while, I think it 's time to come on down to the Manitoba Museum. We have some really great updates to our galleries, so we have our new prairies gallery, uh, which is a really cool walk through the history of the you know the Manitoba prairies from the history of the metis people, the first settlers, and then going into the more you know natural and animal environments that um, that our province, our prairie province has, has been part of. Um, and also we have a wonderful new Winnipeg gallery, so really deep look at our, at our city's history, the immigration history. Um, and we always have new plans in place for really updating and bringing, bringing Manitoba stories forward in new and exciting ways. So we're always looking to better improve and better serve our community.
0: So I'm just looking at your spring break uh, programming, and it's apropos, as yesterday was World Water Day, I see that you have a host of water-related galleries and activities.
6: It's true. So we actually kicked off a month-long of programming, water-based programming, uh, yesterday um, with World Water Day. So all throughout spring break, um, all of our activities are focused around that very precious resource of water. You know, water covers 71% of our world. Uh, Canada has 20% of the world's fresh water, and yet we only have 05 of the world's population. So it's a really deep look at that really precious uh, resource of water. So we've got brand new um, planetarium show called the enchanted reef um it's a look at um, it follows three fish as they search for the enchanted reef reef after their home reef is destroyed by a fishing trawler so it it raises the awareness about the impact of pollution on our oceans and a lot of our programming is looking at the positive as well as what we can do to help our world water situation
2: one thing that's great about the museum, and, and and I'm wondering if you hear this from people who come through its doors, you might be thinking you're going to spend, this happened to me with our family the last time we went, you get a couple hours. And so you think, oh, we'll go to the museum. And then you think, no, I need five, six, seven hours to really enjoy it the way I'd like to. It's a, it can be a day-long adventure. Oh,
6: it can be more than a day-long adventure. That's why we definitely encourage uh, membership. Uh, we have a really great family membership sale on right now. Actually, a, a membership sale across all of our categories. So, ninety-nine dollars for a family of five, or twenty-five percent off any other category. It's it's just time to come in and and see and explore.
1: How do we sign up for these programs? Because you know, now that you're <laughs> saying you've got room for people to come down, they're going to be clamoring to do so. How do we, how do we get involved and and secure a spot, so to speak?
6: Well, for spring break, it's open to the public, open to everyone. So March 25th to April 2nd from 10 to 5, we're open every day during spring break. Uh, We have the New Planetarium Show, as I mentioned. We have a really great program called Investigate Aquatic Animals. You get to see, touch... Um, a variety of shells, bones, furs, and fossils of animals from Manitoba and beyond. And you'll get to learn about all the crazy adaptations that these animals have had to live and thrive in our lakes, rivers, and ponds. We also have some really cool science demonstrations that uh, talk about the the wacky wonders of water a substance we often take for granted. So uh, just some really cool looks at different ways that science can, can use water to do some really cool things. So it's you know it's open to all, so just come on down. You can visit um to get your tickets, and yeah, come on down.
0: Brandy Hayberg, manager of marketing and communications at the Manitoba Museum. Thank you very much. We appreciate this. Thank you. And Loren, I'm just looking at the news release they sent out, and seeing as you like puns, they say we guarantee you'll be saying "h2 whoa" ah! in amazement <laughs> by the time the, it's all over. All
2: well done. You could get me to buy anything with a pun. Yeah, Pretty much anything. I'd stop at least.
0: What if it was just like a like a six month old stale granola bar?
2: I don't know. If it was clever, <laughs> I can't think of any granola puns right even. now. I'd have to Google that. But there's that there's that church on Fifty Nine that used to put hilarious signs, and there's one in my community that does too. That I'm like one of these days I got to go in and see if that service is as funny as that sign because yeah. it gets me.
1: Just walk in and it's a bunch of just dry Dry. people. Guys,
2: you really oversold this place.
1: (laughs) I love the way some places take advantage of their digital displays or those, you know, those signs that where you can change the message on a regular basis. Even one of the uh, one of the uh, funeral homes in my end of the city takes advantage and like, yeah, that's very thought provoking and actually quite funny.
0: Okay, so uh, you can, again, if you want to learn more about the museum programming, shoot us a text at 204 <laughs> It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. This morning, we are asking you at 204-780-6868 about awkward people's surprises when you bump into somebody... You don't want to at the worst time, or maybe not the worst time, but just an inopportune time, or perhaps it's just, you know, a situation where you don't exactly know how to handle yourself. Or do you, what lengths do you go to to avoid said encounters? Jeff Braun detailed the, the, the efforts he puts in to not have to basically talk to anybody. I Because like the, the grocery store bump-in, for example. It's nice to sometimes see people, but... When I go to the grocery store, I'm very much like in and, out. in and out. Don't talk to me because if I start stop to say hello to somebody, there's 10 minutes gone. And uh, I just want to get my eggs and get out of there, man.
2: Not to mention I was in Costco on Sunday with the kids and we ran into three different people we knew. But the third encounter, it was chaos in there. It felt like it was a pre-Christmas Thanksgiving. I don't even know what was happening. I don't know what was on demand. I don't know if I missed a sale. Like maybe the socks were incredibly priced off. Or, Free TVs uh, maybe? Stuff. I don't know. I, I think I missed it because I couldn't figure it was crazy. But then, of course, you're like, it's just trying to navigate the aisles with those carts. And then you ran smack into someone you know. And then you stopped to talk for seconds. And everybody around you is like... <laughs> Like, when are these people going to get the heck out of my way, right? (laughs) And then you feel rude. Sorry, I can't stop. And you're shouting things at each other as you pass. So, yeah.
1: I'm the exact opposite of you, Brett. I love bumping into people. That might not surprise you. No. But I love bumping into people. And uh, I've said this before. That's, I think, half the reason why Jackie would never, ever move to a small town Mm -hmm. with me. Because we'd never get anything done. No? I'd be always talking to people on the street. Whenever I go to Minidosa, when we used to have business there... Take me an hour to go to the credit union and back, and it's only like a block and a half from my building. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs>
2: yeah. You can't live in was a small- there
1: a, th- Was there a train? No, there was no train. <laughs> I just bumped into a bunch of people on the street. <laughs> oh, no. You got to set aside
2: 30 minutes, maybe in an hour if you yep. live in a small town, depending on your day and your mood.
0: Set like 30 minutes to an hour? Like, let's say I just got to walk down the street to grab something at the store. Oh, that could well, take you, you five can
2: minutes. You not talk to people, but... But they'll be
1: talking about you. Usually? Oh, yeah. Usually? With everybody else. Usually it's I nice. I saw that McNabb woman from television. She didn't even say hello. I've <laughs> known her since we were 12.
0: <laughs> Small Town Salute. The segment is born right out of a text. From one of you, a listener who sent some great photos earlier this week of their community
1: and all the ways they are honouring one of their own. Yeah, in the storefront of one of the hair salons, a bunch of Canadian flags with the message, good luck, go Team Canada, at the optometrist. Congratulations, or congrats, Team Anderson. And over at the Robbins Donuts in Gimli, another sign saying, go Team Anderson.
2: So Gimli, if you don't know by now, is home for curling great Carrie Anderson and her team now sits at six and three at the World Curling Championships. Our next guest owns the Robins and Gimli, so their photo is their storefront is covered with signs. She's also the with the Chamber of Commerce and simply put, a proud resident and proud supporter of Team Anderson. We say good morning to the person who sent those photos in earlier this week, Cheryl Bueller. Good morning. Good morning. Hope so, you guys are doing well this morning. We're great, Cheryl. Tell us a bit about what's going on in your town and sort of the pride that's on display.
7: Oh, we're so proud of Carrie and Team Canada. We know all of Canada is cheering them on, but we know that in Gimli, we're going hard. We have businesses that have their signs up, as you no- noted. We have another one in on Centre with their digital sign. It's flashing every 30 seconds. Go Team Canada. Good luck. Um, the middle school students made 50 posters that I have posted all over my storefront at all the businesses in town. If Gimli's, if uh, Team Canada's playing, the TV's on, there's people standing in front of it watching, cheering, yelling. <laughs> so it's kind of a great thing um, to, you know, be in a restaurant and all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, way to go or, you know, whatever uh, is going on. So we're super proud. We we had a going away party for her before she left the Saturday Um last week and we're having this coming home celebration party for her we have um banners at our arena that people can go sign and she took a huge banner with her that was already signed so we're going all out. We are
1: proud of our hometown girl, Cheryl. I'm smiling ear to ear because not only do I, do I love the small town and and the and the pride that folks in in the small town feel for the accomplishments of their of their fellow citizens, but I'm a huge curler. Uh, well, I'm in the curling community. My boys are the curlers. But you, you know, we we had the the game on just the other morning. We've got giant TVs in our in our newsroom. And I don't know if there's anywhere else in the planet where you could stop six, seven, eight people in their tracks in the middle of their workday to stop and watch a handful of curling shots like you can in Manitoba. Like, this is really just a part of who we are. And it's and it's magnified for you right now.
7: Exactly. And it's not just Carrie. It, just as a side note, the curling rink is actually open. So anybody can go watch any game. Three o'clock in the morning, there were the people there the other morning watching her Four o'clock in the morning this Friday, I'm sure there's going to pe- be people there. So, I mean, it's not as many as would be if the games were at 7 p.m., for example, you know, when people are off work and that sort of thing. But there's been people at every game, no matter what. That's why <laughs> I texted in the other morning because I'm like, we're on the same hours as you guys right now. We're up at three, we're up at four watching the games. So, yeah, we do have it open for anybody to go and watch. And so, we imagine on the weekend, we're not sure where she's going to sit yet. So, we, you know, we don't know what game we're going to be watching, but there's definitely going to be a full house on the weekend. People watching her when it gets down to the finals and semifinals and hopefully gold medal game.
8: Now,
0: Carrie Anderson is just the latest, from what we understand, in a a, a storied history of curling in Gimli, yes?
7: Absolutely. We're also watching uh, Kadriana and Colton. They're playing in the um, Canadian mixed doubles right now. They have a game today at 9 and at 3. So we're they're from Gimli as well, and then of course we have Hans. I don't even know if I want to try the last name Work, work Rich. I apologize. For you're, you're pretty good there, <laughs> Cheryl.
1: That's that's that that would work.
7: Who makes the ice? You know, for the Olympics, and he's not right now, but I I believe he is doing for the uh, next Olympics as well. And Patty, my first um, curling game here because I'm not a I'm just a recreational curler. I went to my team first you know, new to the town and Patty's there and giving advice to somebody who's like first time on the ice. And I'm like, wow, this is like amazing. You have a world coach who is, I think she was co- coaching Korea at the time, giving tips to somebody who's first time on the ice, right? Like it was amazing. So yes, we do have, and um, on um, our Manitoba team, we also have Newfeld who is playing and Colton again. So we always have someone to cheer for from Gimli in this, in our, Curling.
2: We had someone on from St. Anne last week. I was telling you about this and they were talking female hockey players and how that town's known for that. And she said, Yep, there might be something in the water. You drink the water and you could maybe end exactly. up at the Olympics. Is it the same thing going on there? Like I should come and have a glass and uh, I think maybe. <laughs> see where it takes my curling game. Well, this has been wonderful, Cheryl. Thank you. Gimli's a great place to visit in summer and winter. And I hope there's a big turnout this weekend to celebrate some even better outcomes for Carrie. That's
6: right. Go team Thank
2: Anderson. You so much. Go team Canada.
0: Cheryl Bueller in Gimli joining us live to talk about the support being shown in Gimli for Team Anderson. Once again, six and three at the World Curling Championships. <laughs> votes are already coming in fast and furious on our question of the day at cjob.com how are you feeling about the allegations that liberal mp handong secretly advised a chinese diplomat in 2021 to delay freeing the two michaels so you can cast your vote there or on twitter at 680 cjob or on instagram at 680 cjob and loren we're going to be talking to somebody about this in our next half hour
2: yeah, he comes with a long list of credentials. He's joining us from Ontario, and he is somebody, you know, who is a retired attorney general. Uh, he's also worked uh, for global security experts, global governance, and he's going to speak to us just, not just about the allegations, but I think there's two two mind schools of thoughts out there right now. There might be people saying, like, this is outrageous. We need more. We need an inquiry. And then I think there might be those who, not that they don't care, they might not understand why they need to care and pay more attention, not just to these specific allegations, but foreign interference in our elections, no matter where they come from. And so we'll delve more into that after 9 o'clock.
0: And then at 9.35, it's our weekly visit with Jets TV. Mitchell Clinton's going to join us. Mackling, how are you feeling about the game
1: tonight? You know, Brett, I'm nervous. I'm always nervous these days when the Jets are playing because I don't know which version of the team's going to show up. All too often, over the last month or so, it's been a team that doesn't seem to uh, care about the task at hand. Rick Bowen has called out the team yesterday; it stars yesterday, and and pointed out that he still has to motivate these guys. Yeah. And I think for a lot of fans, you know, even when they were playing well, you would hear in my tone the whole idea of this team still has a lot to prove to its fans, even though they were fighting for first place. They weren't selling out the building. I could sense that people were were not sold on the fact that this was a first-place team, and here we are, 10 games left in the season, and the team is now struggling, battling for a playoff spot. So I think I, I'm with most of Jets Nation. I'm, uh, I'm hopeful, but uh, a little bit concerned.
0: All right, so more on that at 9.35. In the meantime, here's the headline at cjob.com. Allergy season will be short, But bad in Canada this year. So we want to talk about allergies, asthma, and in just a few moments, a fascinating difference between male and female trees. Which, first of all, I forgot that was even a thing, male and female trees. But we'll find out which one is worse for allergies,
2: Loren. So first off on the allergy front, there's a colder start to spring in Canada, which means a potentially tamer introduction to allergy season but experts are warning that as soon as the weather starts to warm we could see an explosion of pollen in the air great (laughs) that's what we want to hear right allergy season it usually follows the trend of tree pollen in the spring grass in the summer ragweed in the fall and so this year global news chief meteorologist anthony farnell warned that tree pollen and grass may hit allergy sufferers at once
1: so here's what uh, farnell had to say April looks to be colder than normal across a huge chunk of the country, so there probably won't be an early spring this year, but... With the sudden turnaround to summer-like warmth in May, we could get a really bad allergy season in some areas because all types of pollen will be peaking at once from trees, grasses, and flowers. It's something that has been happening more often in recent years, especially in some parts of the United States, when you get unusually warm temperatures for a prolonged period of time.
0: So here in the prairies, we usually have a later start to allergy season and we may not experience anything out of the ordinary in 2023, but it should start picking up in the next few weeks. Now on the asthma front, those living with asthma are bracing themselves for the problems of allergy season. But a new study suggests more Canadians diagnosed with a condition just aren't getting enough of the proper medication they need. So Global's Catherine Ward looks at what's causing them to fall behind on these important prescriptions. (sighs)
5: More people are being diagnosed with this disease. The amount of medications that they're using didn't really change over that course of the 12 years.
8: That's a troubling pattern for Dr. Mohit Bhutani and his research team. Alberta data shows asthma patients are not getting prescriptions filled.
5: Patients who were diagnosed with asthma, on average, were only getting up to maximum of three months of medications being dispensed uh, per year.
8: A lot of people, unfortunately, uh, understandably, but they might not want to fully deal with having a chronic condition. A lot of people think asthma uh, and uh, allergies as well are episodic, but they're not. They're chronic. Experts say not having the medication on hand, particularly during allergy season, can be a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> of people that have asthma also suffer from allergic rhinitis.
7: For many patients with asthma, they may have environmental allergies. And if those allergies
8: include pollen, for example, in the spring or the summer, then their asthma may be more of a problem through those months. The research team says there are many reasons why a prescription might not get filled. That could include doctors not prescribing the right medication, patients not understanding how and when to use what's been given to them, or simply the associated cost. For others, access to care is a barrier.
7: If they don't have a family doctor, they may
8: not be able to get that renewal. but others choose to live with the condition and adapt their behavior, which experts don't recommend.
5: We find that you know that asthmatics tend to live with a, with a lower quality of life and have more absentee days from school or from work. And so you know it's concerning because asthmatic patients could live a better life.
8: Catherine Ward, Global News, Toronto.
0: That story is a good ri- reminder for me. I should re-up my puffer prescription. It's been a couple of years. I don't often need it, but I do sometimes have asthma symptoms, and having a puffer is a good idea. Do you ever... I
2: just got one uh, at my last visit to the doctor just because I was having just mild, mild symptoms, and and I it was more related to my coughing, yeah. and they wondered if maybe that would just alleviate some of the stresses of the coughing, and I haven't felt the need to use it pretty much since that cough went away.
0: Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I had one, I would rarely use it, but it is good to have. And I remember but some of my friends growing up who had genuine asthma and if they did not have their puffer, it was a bad,
1: bad situation. I just feel bad. For, I feel bad for both of you having to deal with this. I had a puffer just for a little while in dealing with a serious cold or, uh, you know, a respiratory infection earlier this year and- the relief was terrific, but having to use it was just a reminder of just, you know, how many people in the world that count on their asthma puffers and other puffers just to get through the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Now we can also tell you that between 1990 and 2018, pollen levels across North America increased 21%, largely due to human caused climate change, which affects allergy season in multiple ways. The higher temperature can extend the growing season, giving plants more time to emit pollen and reproduce carbon dioxide. Meanwhile, fuels photosynthesis, so plants may grow larger and produce even more pollen. And due to warmer weather related to climate change, pollen season also starts earlier and typically ends later in the country. Now... When it comes to the male trees
1: versus female trees situation, Greg. Seems to be a reason here. There's a justification. Urbanization or city planning has a role to play because a lot of cities, in fact, prefer planting male trees over female trees to avoid having to clean up. Here's why. Female trees don't produce pollen, but tend to create more of a mess from fruits and flowers. Distinctly, male trees produce pollen, but not seeds, pods and fruit which of course fall to the ground so loren you must have a takeaway on this
2: no i got nothing to say about the fact that the female <laughs> tree is once again being blamed the female it's all the fault of the fairer sex
1: yeah because that that's that's, that's typically takeaway. what we hear these days yes. it's all the woman's it's fault it's all the
2: woman's fault uh I I laughed at this. I actually didn't know. I forgot. I guess we learned this at some point in biology class or what have you, but I forgot that there was uh, male and female trees. In retrospect, I get it and I understand it. I think I do think it's funny that so it's sort of like saying the, the female has the more attractive qualities at face value with the flowers and all the rest. But then we're the For ones very short period of time. But then are the ones making everyone sick. It just made me laugh because the male peacock is beautiful, and the females just uh, walking around. The male trees not making anybody sick now that I've just learned this morning. And I, I remember no, no, they, no,
0: it's it's the male trees sorry, that produce. They're the making pollen. them
2: sick. Sorry, but they're but they're the they the women. The
0: female trees are just messy. They're the
2: messy ones. So I just oh, I have it inverted. I thought the females were messy and making everybody sick.
0: No, the no. females are messy. The, the male trees are the ones spinning oh, well, out all the pollen. Oh, I don't have a
2: problem with this. You guys are to blame. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had this all wrong. I just had this moment. I thought the male trees were the ones that were good and not making this uh, all sick.
1: Well, well no. We're spe- we are we're like I'm now part of the male tree population. No, <laughs> we, the male trees. Tree. We are uh, <laughs> <we're> really. <laughs> spewing, spewing this pollen all over the place. It's It's mostly invisible. But it is the, uh, uh, the it. female trees that are making the mess on my so driveway wait. with these lovely flowers and berries, which are beautiful for about nine days out of every year. <laughs> and and I curse the city of Winnipeg for planting one of those gorgeous trees I put in uh, quotation marks, um, you know, more times than not.
2: The city needs more ladies in its life in terms of trees. That's what the takeaway to improve our pollen. I had this all backwards from about 5 a.m. I've been angry since 5 a.m. But of know. course the women were getting blamed, the female trees. But I think you had it
0: earlier because I think your words were, so women are messy, but men cause more pain. Sounds about right.
2: I'm so confused this morning. I've confused myself. I was just going down the path more of, you know, it's so interesting the way when you look at male, female species in trees or, you know, I mentioned peacocks, dogs. When we went looking for a dog, someone said, well, the male, if, if you want your yard to not be as messy. Get a man. Oh, get a boy. male dog. <laughs> a bad because dog. Because their, their urine isn't as acidic or something right. as a female. Oh. Dog. So your yard won't have those big, biggest yellow, state, spots. yellow spots. yeah." And so it's just it's fascinating. So once again, the female dog is more messy. The female oh, tree is more messy. Yeah,
1: but the male the the, the male dogs. Uh, I have a male and a female. And uh, whiskey likes to mark his territory. At least Abby sticks to just peeing on the grass. Yeah. Whiskey wants to lift his lift his leg on anything vertical. <laughs> Do not pee on the hot tub, whiskey. That is not a fire hydrant. <laughs>
0: It is Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. Our question of the day at CJOB.com for Mr. Furness. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness at 204-832-6243. How are you feeling about the allegations that Liberal MP De- uh, Handong secretly advised a Chinese diplomat in 2021 to delay freeing the two Michaels? And so far at CJOB.com, your first option, there are four options. The first one is outraged, and we have 70% of the vote says outraged, 16%, I need more information, 7% say politics as usual, and 7% say I don't care. So you can cast a vote at CJOB.com or on Twitter
1: at 680CJOB or on Instagram at 680CJOB. Can I shift gears back to this tree conversation, Jeanette? (laughs) See sure. her? She seems to know what she's talking about here. Okay. Male trees versus female trees. When it comes to Siberian elms, we need to get rid of the female trees. They produce all those annoying, messy, and drain plugging round seeds by the gazillions. Mm. And those seeds produce more trees that are a plague to the rest of the city, growing everywhere and extremely hard to kill. Oh. Again,
2: female messy.
0: Yeah, it's a
1: catch 22.
0: Male trees are, make it worse for allergy season, and the female trees make it worse for the mess. And I guess, as she pointed out, it's not necessarily just a cosmetic situation, but if they're plugging drains up and stuff, that's bad.
1: Well, And, and uh, spreading the seed of what are essentially unhealthy trees as well, when it comes to elm trees. Mm.
2: That's another. That's a whole other conversation. I prefer to stick with the listener who says, Lorraine, in my house, the males are both messier, ug- uglier, and more problematic in general. <laughs>
0: I used, Ouch. I used to date somebody. Is that I from that Jackie? Sort of.
2: <laughs> no, Jackie would
0: never. I used to date somebody and have the home all spick and span, tidy, clean, and she'd come home. And it was like a, a hurricane just blew through the house. I just, I just quietly referred to her as the hurricane. Because, That's why
2: generalizations are dumb, because you're the opposite, right? You're saying she was the messy one.
0: She was the messy one.
2: Generally speaking, in... I'm not um,
0: judging saying all women. No,
2: no, for you. For you, in any male-female dynamic you've been in, are you still the cleaner one?
0: Yeah, which is, we- which is weird because in my own space, slob, but in shared space, cleaner.
2: Interesting, Greg. No plead
3: comment.
0: The fifth.
2: Plead the fifth. <laughs> you can't even do that in Canada, but plead it anyway.
0: It is Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. We're giving away Jets tickets in our next segment. We want to get right into this because it is an explosive allegation. Liberal MP Han Dong will now sit as an independent following a Global News report that has two sources saying Dong secretly advised a Chinese diplomat in 2021 to delay the freeing of the two Michaels.
2: Both sources told Global News reporter Sam Cooper that Dong allegedly suggested to China's Consul General in Toronto that if Beijing released the two Michaels whom China accused of espionage, the opposition Conservatives would benefit. Dong has since said he will no longer sit as a Liberal.
1: To all my colleagues in the Parliament, media reports today quoting unverified and anonymous sources have attacked my reputation and called into question my loyalty to Canada. Let me be clear. What has been reported is false. And I will defend myself against these absolutely untrue claims. Archer Wilczynski is a retired Assistant Deputy Minister and Director General of Intelligence Operations from the Communications Security Establishment. He was also Canadian Ambassador to Norway. He's currently a Senior Fellow at the Graduate School of Public and International Affairs at the University of Ottawa. Archer, thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me on. Well, what do you make of these allegations,
9: So uh, there's a a lot to unpack in in, in all of this. I think that everybody absolutely agrees that that foreign interference in Canada by the People's Republic of China is a fundamental problem, and it is a threat to our democracy. Uh, And I think people are, in my opinion, justly um, frustrated with the government's response to date. That being said, uh, the information that supposedly made its way into the public domain uh, which is, again, supposedly based on leaks from government intelligence sources, causes me great, uh, great concern. Um, you know, the, Mr. Dong had a political decision to make, and I'm not going to comment on, 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 on his uh, political personal decision. But what makes me really worried is when governmental sources uh, put information into the public domain that have profound consequences on individuals and communities, and those individuals and communities haven't benefited from due process, haven't benefited from presumption of innocence, uh, and uh, haven't been able to mount a defense. Uh, this is not the way uh, a democracy behaves when one deals with potentially criminal uh, activity. Uh, it's, uh, it really is troubling for me that this comes from governmental sources who have an obligation themselves uh, to protect information and who also understand the difference between uh, the value of the information uh, collected as intelligence and that which is presented as evidence in a court of law.
2: So in some ways, in your mind, there's really two separate conversations to be had here, the allegations against Don and then the wider speaking conversation about interference in elections. And and sometimes it's the outrage that lands maybe in the wrong spot. I'm wondering, what's your suggestion to Canadians when they're listening to this story unfold over the days and weeks ahead?
9: I'm really glad you said that, because I think one of the things I've been noticing is that people are having a hard time uh, having two parallel yet related uh, perspectives on uh, on the crisis. Uh, and I do see it as a crisis of democracy, because I think the tone and tenor uh, of the conversation has degenerated to such a point where it, it's turned into almost like a partisan litmus test uh, uh, around your your feelings around the government, and that's unhelpful in actually confronting hostile state actors like the People's Republic of China, Putin's Russia, the you know the regime in Tehran. All of these uh, these these agencies and governments have interest in undermining uh, our confidence in our democracy. So we have to be, I think, a lot more um, reflective and sophisticated in our response because their their attacks on us are sophisticated. So I, I know since the beginning of this uh, you know of, of this entire uh, series of of disclosures, I have been one of the folks that have also called for a public inquiry. I think it is absolutely essential to have an independent ju- uh, judicial uh, review of what's been happening, but also to look at what needs to be done in order to maintain resilience of our democratic institutions. Absolutely, we need uh, someone uh, without any kind of partisan or political or personal baggage uh, to look at what happened in 2019 and in 2021. And most of that, because of the nature of the information, will need to remain protected because it is classified and there are consequences for disclosing classified information. The second part, though, is really looking forward. As I said, the actors that want to undermine our democracy, our values, and our, and our interests uh, continue to learn, they continue to adapt, and we need to be prepared not for what happened two years ago or you know, five years ago almost. We need to be ready for what's coming. And that means having somebody look at the full range of actors that are involved in the, uh, in the process. That means looking at intelligence and security agencies and determining are they transparent enough in terms of uh, disclosure of threats in a more effective way than they have today. It means looking at uh, officers of parliament and, and others such as uh, you know, the chief electoral officer and the elections commissioner. Do they have the right tools uh, so that when things go awry, they can actually uh, impose consequences? And we need to look at, at political parties themselves and what obligations do they have Uh, in terms of ensuring that everything from their nomination processes for specific ridings through to leadership contests are appropriately protected and appropriately resilient uh, to efforts to influence them by hostile state actors.
0: What would you say to anybody who says they just don't care about this?
9: Well, they should. Uh, I mean, I I think that uh, our democracy is kind of fundamental uh, it is how we make decisions uh, collectively in the national interest. I think that uh, Canadians should want to know that their government is doing everything within its power to ensure that votes are free, fair, and that when people go to the ballot box and that when people are, are, are you know, considering their options, that there is no undue, clandestine, covert, and at times illegal interference on the part of foreign states when they're making their choice. Because at the end of the day, uh, the purpose of our, of, our, of our democratic institutions is to reflect the will of the Canadian people. And if that is compromised, that undermines, I think, our confidence in governance. And it undermines our ability to live together uh, with a level of social cohesion that is absolutely essential in a country as, as big, as diverse, uh, and, and as, as challenging to govern as a federation as Canada.
0: Arthur Wilczynski, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate your insight on this. Thank you so much for having me. Awkward people surprises when you bump into maybe somebody you're not necessarily wanting to see in a particular moment, whether it was just awkward or whether it had led to like a potentially awful situation. Jets tickets up for grabs. As usual, we go through some of our runners up before we name the winner, like Vince, who says... A few years ago, two of my coworkers ran into each other in the waiting room of another company while applying for the same job. Oh, boy. I asked Vince, did either of them get the job? And he says, I don't recall, but I remember being a bit concerned because I myself was also going on no! interviews every other
5: day at the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so it's like it sounds like wasn't really a happy place to work if oh everyone my. else is looking for a different job.
1: So that's from Vince. And Greg Reese had a fun one from Costco. I was once followed in Costco by this oddball-looking person. I was very uneasy, so I started to speed up. So did he. I ended up being chased down every single aisle. He eventually caught up, and when I went into the walk-in fridge, he then asked me for his cart back. I was so embarrassed. I had no clue why he was following me until we spoke by the way, the cart was empty. I just saw it and grabbed it, didn't know it had been claimed, and I hadn't put anything in the cart yet when he caught up to me. I guess uh, Reese didn't know he's playing supermarket sweep with this
2: game. <laughs> well, the thing about some of those stores, you could say, oh, that's sort of petty, just go get another cart, but if you're yeah, all the way in the back of Costco yeah. and those carts are at the front, you've got to navigate this the crazy lines and all the people grabbing pineapple or whatever the fruit of the day is. <laughs>
1: Get your hand off my cart. I worked hard to find that cart. (laughs) Um,
0: Jonathan, Jonathan actually had two, uh, Loren. So I'll read this first one here from Jonathan, where he says, my first surprise encounter happened when I started teaching phys ed. One of my first responsibilities was to order some new school jerseys. So I was given this contact number, but no name. Called the company. I had a very nice conversation with a sales rep who then emailed me the quote. And much to my surprise, it was my former middle school and high school bully. We did end up having a good conversation about the past, but it was certainly a shock initially to see this person's name as someone I would have to deal with on an ongoing basis.
2: Oh, boy. And then Jonathan says, my second surprise encounter involved an ex-girlfriend. I woke up one morning to see her sitting on the edge of my bed staring at me. Without my knowledge, she had copied my key, let herself into my apartment to talk things over. It was just a tad awkward and thankfully not a fatal attraction situation.
0: Jeez, that that's scary stuff. Hey, by the way, they're they've they're making a like a new fatal attraction yes. television series. I just saw an ad for it yesterday. It's gonna be on Paramount Plus. Josh Jackson is in it. Uh, I can't remember the name of the co star. Like, like Dawson's, Dawson's Creek? Creek? Yeah.
4: He's, oh yeah, he's, he's not
1: he's, Joshua anymore, right? He's just Josh. Oh I
4: Oh, Josh! It, if it's Joshua, yeah, I just, oh, okay.
1: Sorry, I because some some actors do purposefully yeah. change the you know their their kid sounding name once they get a little bit older. So, so I wasn't it trying might, to hold might, you to your yeah. feet to the
0: fire. Though. It might be Josh. I can't remember. I was just shocked to see him in that role. But Greg Norman is our winner.
1: Yeah, this is awkward. Attending my new husband's cousin's funeral, as we approach the church, he was standing on the church steps. The funeral director. Mm -hmm. That's not odd, but for most, that wouldn't be awkward. Just happened to be my ex husband. Oh. Well, then,
0: you'd say that's tough because you're going to a funeral. So it's already emotionally difficult. And then you now have to deal with the fact that your ex husband is the guy running the show. Yep. You're not getting away from that. Norma, you win the Jets tickets. Congratulations. A difficult choice as always, but there can be only one.